information you can trust, stories you can relate to, and tips and tactics you can apply on your next adventure. Hunting, fishing, camping, and everything in between. This is the Battle Mountain Podcast. Welcome everyone to the Battle Mountain Podcast. Today I have Jordan Christensen with We Are The Draw on the podcast. And he and I are going to dive into some of the opportunities that you will, your kids actually, will be successful to as soon as they get hunter safety or you help them get hunter safety. Um, Thanks a bunch, Jordan, for hopping on the podcast. How's it going today? It's awesome. Thanks for having me, Zach. I appreciate being here. Oh, I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm I'm looking forward to it. So, um, first off, real quick, why don't you just uh, let everybody know what We Are The Draw is, and then we can start talking about kids. I know you and I both are fathers, and, and I'm probably more excited about my kid going hunting than I am about myself, and that says a lot because I like hunting, so... <laughs> yeah, definitely, uh, for sure. So, yeah, uh, so uh, I'm a lead consultant over here um, at The Draw. Um, if you're looking for us on different social media stuff, uh, uh, The Draw was already taken. So we, we go under uh, We Are The Draw, uh, Instagram and uh, Facebook and all of that. Um, you can check us out on www.thedraw.com and uh, see a little bit more. Essentially, in a nutshell, uh, we're an application service. So we, we take care of uh, applications for folks, uh, whether it's a time constraint or a research constraint or whatever the case may be, if you need an application submitted and or uh, what we call a hunt plan uh, so that you're actually applying for things that make sense based around your goals, time frames, budgets, all of those. Uh, we, we help guys build a hunt plan so that if they are investing in different applications, it actually has meaning and, and there's real uh, potential and finish lines associated, not just randomly throwing handfuls of darts at the wall every year and hoping one hit the bullseye. So um, we help guys get lined up with the outfitters if they, if they need be, but we also work with lots of DIY guys um, to help them in, in the same context. So Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I can, I can definitely speak firsthand to that. I, I mean, I think my listeners know that I'm I'm pretty well DIY, aside from going to like Pennsylvania with to go hunt with buddies or whatever like that. But other than that, it's all DIY. And um, you guys, first year that I have uh, worked with, uh, you know, the draw, and I mean, you guys did a great job with my stuff. Um, it's a little different, you know, coming from somebody that is used to applying for all of their own things, but. Sure. Um, and, you know, after after not missing any draw deadlines, which was super nice, because uh, that's happened to me several times before. Yeah. So after not doing that, and then just knowing, like, when I was away on training and things like that, that, that it was all good to go, um, that was just one less thing to worry about. So definitely if you guys have any type of tag or application service needs or questions, uh, the guys over at We Are The Draw have, have got you handled. So, um now, you know, Jordan and I are going to just discuss some of the some of the opportunities and things like that surrounding your kids. Uh, sure. Man, it's just, it's crazy how quick they grow up, number one. But number two, it's even more crazy how exciting you are to see them develop a love and passion for something that, that we are already so passionate for. And 
there are some ways to kind of speed up that uh, that whole scenario so that you're able to take them hunting sooner rather than later. So I'm looking forward to talking about it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, just like, uh, I mean, I think in the industry, uh, as a general rule, uh, you know, the, the youth and, and just like it, lots of walks of life, um, you know, getting uh, the youth involved is super mission critical to our survival, right? Our way of life the, and, and the things that we hold very dearly. And so, you know, there's always an aggressive um, push in lots of different things to, to get the youth more involved in, and hunting is no different. Um, it's, uh, it's been, uh, it's, it's really fun for me watching. I've got an eight year old, uh, right now. He just got passed, uh, with hunter safety. And like, like you say, like, I'm just chomping at the bit now to like get him and the, and the poor kid, like he doesn't even know yet all the stuff <laughs> I've got teed up and, and ready to roll and, and all the ideas that I have. And, uh, and, and some of them are definitely more of a short-term goal, right? Like, I just want to get him in the field and get him going. But then, you know, knowing what I know and having kind of that 10,000-foot view of all the different things out there, I also uh, am extremely uh, excited about getting him started as young as possible um, with uh, some of these different states and the draws uh, that might end up inherently being rather long-term goals. I mean, unfortunately, some of these – draw processes are now 25 30 year old uh systems that are very mature so him as a youth hunter is is going to be uh by the time he's old enough uh in some of these states we're four years away from some of these states uh they're going to be over 30 years old and he's 30 years behind the curve and so uh you know not to say that we may even jump into those because of that. Right. And I think that's a big part of setting up a youth hunters hunt plan is trying to have some context of what we're investing in and, and why. And just because the system is lasted or is 30 years old, doesn't mean we're, we're going to immediately write it off, but we need to have a little bit more context of why we would invest or go down that path. Uh, and, and what, you know, we're, we're looking to accomplish. I think as a general rule, uh, hunting is such a progressive sport, Zach. I, I think me and you have talked about this before, right? Like yep. as hunters, we're constantly looking for, you know, what's over the mountain, right? And maybe that means an older age class of a specific species. Maybe it's a new style of hunting or, or, or a different ecosystem or some other adventure that, that leaves us feeling, uh, you know, rewarded at the culmination of, of that hunt. And so with a youth hunter and as mature as these systems are, we really try to look through that crystal ball as well and find that really good balance of uh, addressing the fact that as young hunters, there is definitely going to be some progression as they get older, but also not being reckless with, with the, the funds because, uh, at some point we're going to want them to pick up the ball and run with it too. Right. So we, we want to have all sorts of different factors leading up to that. And, uh, so let's, uh, jump in, right? Like, so what, what is out there? I think it's probably what a lot of listeners are going to be wanting to hear. Don't you think is not yep. just the, the, the theory of it, but like, what is out there? Yeah, so, I, I think agreed. I, I think hands down that people are, you know, because especially if it's 
<clears throat> if it's somebody that uh, maybe it's dad or mom that doesn't do a ton of out-of-state, you know, type non-resident hunting themselves, um, say they live in Wyoming, right? So here the, the youth age is 12 years old. And, right. and if they don't do much hunting outside of Wyoming, then in their mind they're thinking, eh, well, I got time. It's not until 12. You know, they can't even get them points. And, uh, right. And there's just, there's a lot of other opportunities out there in other states. And as you know, most states make the tags so reasonable for youth. Um, it's very youth friendly. So yeah, I think, I think talking about the actual tangible opportunities is a great way to start it. Perfect. So let's, um, we'll kind of focus on maybe just thinking of the progression of the, of the discussion. We'll focus on, like what's here and now, right? What can they go hunting right now uh, as soon as they get their hunter safety card? And then we'll kind of talk about a little bit more long-term stuff. So if you're, it doesn't matter your age uh, in a few different places, you, you can go hunting as soon as you have that hunter safety card. So uh, probably the most glaring option because of how the state uh, is, is managing is New Mexico, right? So New Mexico, first of all, does not have an age limit on uh, when you can start hunting as soon as you have your hunter safety card uh, from any state uh, then you're then you're legal to start applying uh, and or even purchase land on a permits and things like that uh, the, the, the more exciting piece of that puzzle is that different than a lot of states New Mexico sets aside specific hunts uh, with specific season dates and their own set of uh, uh, hunt codes they're uh, in the draw process so that you're you're truly 100% not competing with the adults to draw these permits. It's just set aside for the kids. And not in every situation, but in a lot of them, the season dates wrapped around those youth opportunities tend to be uh, or, or believed to be the best uh, season dates to be out there, whether it be a rut mule deer hunt or like a, an early October rifle elk hunt, di- different things like that. Uh, or the first getting some of the first opportunities to be out there for antelope before they've been ran around a little bit. Uh, all of those reasons kind of culminate on why New Mexico is definitely the, the, the focal point for a lot of guys as they're looking to get their, their youth hunters started as soon as possible. Um, other states that, that have uh, similarities like this would be Kansas uh, for whitetails. Um, Texas, you can get started very early in that state. Um, and, and a few other odds and ends, but really uh, New Mexico, as far as like speaking to Western hunting, uh, that's where it's at uh, for sure because there is no age limit there. Um, so pretty high drawing odds, as you can imagine. Not every parent uh, that wants to get their kids started early is ready to drop $1,000 or $850 on an elk tag for their youth hunter. So it keeps the drawing odds pretty decent um and truly gives them a chance and when they're out there a lot less hunters per hunt uh just a million different things on why it works really well um if we're more interested in you know getting them like kind of started down a path like i've talked about with the progression then typically a lot of that's going to start at 10 years old in my opinion uh, and the, wh- where they're going to find that originally is in Arizona, actually. So at 10 years old, 
uh, if me and you are going to be applying for Arizona, which we do every year because we're addicted to it, uh, it's $160 <laughs> uh, a year just for the hunting license, right? $160 a year. It's $15 per species for the application. Uh, it, it can be $20 uh, a year if you choose to do what they call point guard um, to protect your points. Uh, and so uh, it, it's a few bucks, right? It's not super cheap to, to be involved in Arizona, uh, but there's some really amazing opportunities to go hunting in that state. Meanwhile, for the youth hunters, they get to start at 10, and up until they're 18, that $160 hunting license is only $5. So it, it, two things, it, it's a big it difference. doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's huge, right? Like, all of a sudden, we're talking pennies. Now, you may not choose to apply them for sheep and antelope and deer and elk and, and bison and turkey and everything that Arizona has to offer, but we do like to get the most value that we can if we're going to have to buy a hunting license. So typically, uh, and often I see a lot of guys, um, that will uh, be at least operating within deer, elk, bighorn sheep, and, and antelope. Um, knowing that like an antelope tag in Arizona is probably harder to draw for a non-resident than a sheep tag is. It's very difficult, but it's cheap for the kid to have his name in that hat. The elk hunting he's going to be way behind the curve on that elk hunting, but at least you're getting him started as young as possible. And, you know, if, if he likes to rifle hunt, the probability of in his mid twenties or early twenties, having a really nice option to consider on a late rifle hunt in some amazing places isn't unrealistic at all. Early rifle uh, or an archery, early archery, rut archery type of hunt could take him, uh, an, an extensive amount of time without getting really lucky. But again, it's so cheap to get him started down that path. It's, uh, it's unfortunate not to. The deer uh, is just a deer point, right? So in Arizona, we've got coos deer and we've got mule deer. Um, the, there is some youth opportunities in Arizona specifically for deer. Uh, similar to Arizona or similar to New Mexico, their hunt code set aside specifically for the youth hunters. Um, they're in some really fantastic places, uh, especially for coos deer hunting. Um, and the difference between their permits and our permits is not only do they get to go in before everybody else has started hunting, but they also just have simply a deer permit. So if they see, uh, a coos deer or a mule deer, they're able to, to use the permit that they've drawn where when you and I are applying, uh, we choose each year what hunts we would like to apply for and that hunt could be specific to coos deer or specific to mule deer. The point is good for either uh, and the points are lost if any deer tag is drawn. Um, but the youth actually have some chances to just have a deer tag and get out there before, before anybody else gets started. A lot of that happens in like early October, which probably for a lot of your listeners sounds a little bit late, like kind of a rough time of year to be out there. But in Arizona, New Mexico, especially early October, we very likely will still be hunting deer in the velvet. So they're in their summer patterns. They're very glassable. They're not holed up in the deepest, darkest places of the forest. And it's actually <laughs> a really great time to be out there with your kid. Um, a lot more deer in a lot more visible places. And it's not colder than hell. That's one way and, to ruin yeah. hunting for your kid is to make them miserable doing it. <laughs> 
That's right. That's right. It, it, it might even be a little off, uh, real, realistically. Um, but it's just, it's a good time to be out there. So um, the only other state that exists at 10 years old that we can really um, get teed up on, or I guess two states, I'm going to probably make a mistake on your podcast, but I believe Oregon, you can get started at 10 as well. So I'll just touch on that. I could be wrong. That could be 12, but I think Oregon um, uh, is, is also 10, but Idaho is, is the real glaring one, right? So Idaho, similar situation. Me and you, it costs about $172 a year to get our hunting license in Idaho. It's going to cost the youth hunter about $34, $35 for the hunting license. Um, the, the sheep, the moose, the goat, it's going to be the best odds uh, more often than not to draw a lot of those species, especially the moose probably is the most uh, glaring one for a Shiris moose. Uh, Idaho offers the best odds year in and year out. It's a system very similar to New Mexico in as much as there's no point. So everybody has the same chance at it. They, there is no youth-specific um, opportunity for sheep, moose, or goat. But if we choose to not apply for sheep or moose or goat, then we are allowed to apply for deer, elk, and antelope. And there is some really fantastic deer opportunities, again, set aside specifically for the youth hunters. The best part about Idaho for the kids is Idaho is like kind of our, our, back, our, our ultimate backup plan. So if you know that you're going to go to Idaho, right, like Zach, you go there often, right? Uh, you're buying your hunting license, you're, you're uh, buying your deer tag or your elk or bull, and you're going to go. Like w- me and you have learned, like if we know that we're going to go to Idaho one way or the other on a general permit, then it makes no sense not to roll the dice on something special, right? Right. Um, meanwhile, with your kid, uh, especially when it comes to the deer and the elk and the antelope, it's so affordable. Up until they're 18, they get to purchase uh, the deer and the elk and the hunting license at resident prices. So for just over $100, they can have a deer and an elk tag in their pocket uh, and go on a, on a general hunt with you. And because there are some youth-specific opportunities for an extra 15 bucks a year, at least roll the dice, right? At least, uh, at least try to do, you know, get them in on some sort of limited entry draw. And as long as you've got your hunting license and all of those things, then you're, you can take them and go and they get those discounted rates. So all of a sudden having your kid with you on a hunt out West uh, is, is extremely cheap. Uh, you know, you, you all can have deer and health licenses for under a thousand bucks, which sounds like a lot, but, uh, really, that's super cheap to have full species out west for for two people. Yeah, so. no, agreed. That's 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 really not that much. Um, I think one other one is, and and I, you probably know more about it than I do. So correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Nebraska is ten years old too. It is, yeah. So, um, not really a draw process. Um, uh, you can just simply purchase tags and go hunting in Nebraska. Right, um, right. Not a draw, but a hell of an opportunity to get youth hunting because oh, it's like, what, $3 for a tag or something? I, I was going to say, like, I was going to say 9 but Yeah, it's, it's cheap. Like, yeah, it's like ridiculous <laughs> cheap to have them with you. And, and I think, you know, I lived in Nebraska for a few years, 
and uh, there is some actually some rather interesting public land hunting uh, that you can do in a few of these different places. I think as a general rule, uh, Nebraska being in the Midwest, you know, if you live there, you're like constantly keeping an eye out for a lease, right? And and so, so many people who go hunting are a part of a lease in one facet or the other. And so, like, in my experiences, even on, like, rifle hunts, um, I would be out there opening weekend for sure. We were going to see, you know, a little bit of an orange army out in some of these public land areas and, and see other people hunting and trying to be successful. In in hind, you know, as as we move through, typically those are like nine day rifle seasons. It, by the time the weekend was over, it would get very quiet in some of those public land areas. And even the second weekend of the hunt, I killed multiple deer over the years on the second weekend of the hunt, and would be out there all day in some of these areas and never see another p- person. And it's because I think it just gets written off, or it's almost. Uh, pre-concluded that there's just going to be hundreds of people out there because where else are they going to go if they don't have a lease? Well, everybody has a lease. Like lots of people have leases. I would imagine in Eastern Nebraska, it's a little bit more intense than that, but in Western Nebraska, you can have some really awesome hunting experiences on public land for super cheap with your kids and, uh, and, and be successful and not have a, a bad experience where there's just, loads of people especially if you're willing to kind of forego the opening weekend in those places yeah i i agree too it's uh, like you say it's not really a draw process but uh insane opportunity um like man it's it's uh (laughs) whatever it may be the license is under twelve (laughs) dollars yeah super cheap (laughs) for sure so um with that as like what so so youth coming in um say eight years old and the dad calls you up or mom and says hey you know i got uh uh sally over here and sally has a twin brother tyler (laughs) and they both pass hunter safety and we want to go hunt new mexico what do you recommend typically um just like anything in life right like we want to try and in uh, control as many variables as we can and with hunting uh that can be difficult so part of controlling the variable would be trying to get on a hunt that we have lots and lots of chances to be unsuccessful and still have another chance to be successful. So, you know, target rich environment, um, you know, a lot more controlled kind of, uh, situation. And a lot of times in New Mexico, I find that antelope, it becomes a really great fit for that. Um, I think in Wyoming, anytime I've been up there, especially public land, uh, it, that's, uh, like get out of the truck, throw the gun on the ground and take a 800 yard running shot because 400 other people have tried to kill that antelope in the last <laughs> couple of weeks, right? Like that can be like this super intense situation, very difficult for a youth hunter. In New Mexico, they limit the number of tags, uh, you know, dramatically. There isn't as many antelope, but you can still get into places where you're going to see 100, 200 antelope in a day. Um, and 
and it definitely lends itself to just being a little bit slower paced uh, environment and with lots of opportunities to be successful. Um, if we knew we were going to go guided or something like that, uh, to be honest, I might even try and talk them out of uh, coming to New Mexico. And if we're truly a net new experience, I might even really bring up Kansas and say, you know, just the style of hunting, right? We're going to be in a, a elevated blind or a box blind or ground blind or something like that. It's going to be a very slow process. We're going to be setting uh, over, you know, some sort of food source and waiting for a deer to show up and just a really slow pace type situation. Uh, that style of hunting isn't for everybody, but for a kid that can be so great, right? Like that's definitely the hunt I am really hoping to cut my boys teeth on. And I'm not trying to, that's a, actually an amazing chance at, at a giant deer and I have no intentions on that being what we do. I just want to have a as controlled of an environment as I can for him, especially at eight, right? Like if I, when I was growing up in Utah, you had to be 14 before you got to go big game hunting. You just right. start hunting birds at 12, but you had to be 14. Like I, I'm, I was a very different kid at 14 than I was at eight and he's still an <laughs> eight year old, right? So I'm not trying to get him to, I, I'm not looking for any like crazy rewarding experience. I'm looking for success, right? It's like when we go fishing, you know, he's starting to get tired of it. But for the last like, you know, six years that we've been fishing together, nine out of 10 times, I want to go bluegill fishing because it's not about a big fish. It's not about anything. It's just success right like put him in a position where if he catches a, a four inch bluegill he's pumped and if he catches 10 of them he's really pumped i i'm I, I personally not saying this is the right way to do it but that's kind of the agenda i have with my really young hunter right now is to slowly introduce him i would really like to take him on like a baited black bear hunt uh and and again it's all about uh, creating memories, but also hedging my bet for success, right? Just get him in a position where um, he gets to, to experience a kill and kind of grow as a hunter a little bit. And then we start, like anything, increasing uh, the amount of effort required to be successful. And hopefully uh, he comes out of it as a full he seems extremely bloodthirsty right now but i'm hoping <laughs> he becomes a hunter you know what i mean like like we all did right yeah i yeah i i was you know i was definitely there as well like so so bloodthirsty um and yeah i don't it's slowly starting to kind of trickle off um but there's still a lot of it there. That is for sure. Um, that is why I hunt multiple states because uh, one state just doesn't quite get the fix. No. <laughs> uh, it, but it, I, I agree. I, I think, uh, you know, especially at eight years old or seven or whatever, um, I think you need to plan for success being the main goal. And when you go and you do that, Remember that success to your kid and six, 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 blah, blah. success to your kid and success to you are two very different things. Oh, um, 
you know, you go out there and, uh, especially on a hunt, um, I don't know, a hunt where, where you could kill a 190 inch deer. Well, to you, in your mind, you're thinking, okay, well, if that's what we're supposed to kill, then success is something close to that. And meanwhile, your kid is like, success is the forkhorn that jumps up in front of the truck and he got to go hunting with dad. Yeah. You know, it's so, I think you're exactly right. like so different. Just being with dad. Yeah. Is, is or mom. For him. Yep. Yep. And, uh, I think that, uh, you know, I guided a long time, Zach, like all over the West and, and spent a lot of times and, and I spent lots of times with, uh, husbands with their wives and dads with their kids. And, um, man, I, I, I can remember unfortunate times where I really felt like the, the desire to win, uh, of the parent or the husband or whatever superseded the, 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 what the, the actual hunter, the person with the tag was trying to accomplish. Right. And it can turn very, uh, into a rough situation very quickly because that the, the dad's or the parent's intensity is so great, right? Like, I remember one time I was guiding, at, uh, of all things, like in New Mexico, again, you know, youth opportunities, they have a, a uh, youth IBEX, right? So they set aside tags. you got to be under 18 to even have a crack at drawing them. The odds are definitely better than, than what the adults are. And I ended up on, on what I would say for me personally, was the most physical patch of rock uh, that I've ever put my boots on. I've hunted mountain goats in, in a number of places, and the Florida is one humbling pile of rock. Cow. <laughs> and, and yet there we sat with this, uh, with this 12-year-old girl, and the stars line up, and, and we're sitting in a canyon. She's got uh, a, a Christensen Arms custom rifle, turrets the whole nine yards the, the, a, a nice group of billies walks out at like 500 and something yards and uh you know after like two or three minutes she finally touches it and touches the trigger and she kills this this ibex um it was really fantastic what wasn't fantastic is that seven hours later uh she uh, you know, it, I kick myself in the butt all the time on this hunt. It was probably one of only two times guiding that uh, I was in a really dangerous situation and I didn't recognize that uh, she was throwing up water, that any water we could get her, she was throwing it up. She couldn't keep food down. Like this was, it was like September in Southern New Mexico and it's like 90 something degrees. She's, she's got all the signs of, uh, of heat exhaustion which obviously can lead right into heat stroke extremely quickly. Right. And the entire time I held my tongue on the fact that we really should have got that little girl a helicopter to get her off the mountain. Like that is what should have been done. But there was mom and dad. And even that, like they, that just pushing, pushing, pushing her to get to this goat so they could snap this iconic picture of her and the goat and all these different things. And so we, you know, quote unquote, had been successful already. And yet this, this dream, this vision, this, this idea that the parents had, both mom and dad were there on that one actually, um, truly put this little girl in a bad spot 
and I'm too young and naive and, and maybe don't have enough backbone to, to call, call it and say, no, this is really bad right now. And I've seen extremes like that all the way to parents, you know, just, I don't know, that desire. I'm, I'm the, you know, I try to be the same way. I yell at my kid at soccer all the time, right? Like I want him to be better. Right, right. But when it comes to hunting, I, I'm hoping that I've seen enough of, of, of how damaging that can be to a kid that I can truly take that step back and step out of it and or use my buddies, right? I got a lot of buddies that are guides and, and, uh, and even if they're not guides, right, just guys that I like to go hunting with that are probably, if, if I find myself in that situation where I'm too intense about it, to, to let them kind of take the reins a little bit because it does matter to me. I, I, and, and I hope that I can maintain that exposure and, and be patient with him through that process. And some people are better that, than that at others. I'm really great, I think, with other people's kids. I don't know yet on mine. <laughs> I, 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 I'm a little hard on it, but I think having that self-awareness uh, you know, man, especially at eight, right? If my dad yelled at me at 14, like, so what, right? Like I'm already in that whatever mode with my dad at 14 at eight. I'm not in the whatever with my dad. And I'm, I'm, I'm still very interested in his approval and, and I'm wanting to have fun with him. I don't want to get yelled at. And so I think, you know, I think every parent knows their kid and knows what they're ready for and what they're not ready for. Um, you know, I, for example, Zach, we, we drew a uh, kid uh, here in New Mexico. He passed hunter safety when he was five, right? He passed hunter safety when he was five years old. He, while he was five, he drew a desert bighorn tag here in New Mexico. Um, when he was six, we went on that hunt. He's the youngest desert bighorn recipient, uh, and I, I believe the youngest to ever have killed a desert bighorn in North America when we, when we did that, um, I've known that, that young man for a number of years. And, uh, and I can tell you as bizarre as this sounds at six years old, he was ready for that hunt back. He was ready. Right. Uh, I, you know, he just a different kind of kid. He was ready for that hunt. His dad did a lot of things to help him get ready for it. Um, and, and, uh, you know, it was a really unique situation. I can tell you personally for, for my son, he's now two years older. We just got hunter safety. Obviously I'm an intense guy. I, I, I've been waiting for this my whole life, but I also know that he wasn't ready and, and we're going to ease into it this coming year. Uh, and, but at six, not even close. Meanwhile, that, that young man was, he was ready. And so it's just all about calibrating, and just, uh, you know, helping them be successful, just like we do in any other walk of life, ease them into it. We don't, you don't go bat in the world series when you're just getting started. You go to T-ball. So, you know, try and, and recreate that, those steps in his hunting career, just like we do in baseball. You're not going to throw a no hitter in the five, a state final. Uh, if you've never played before, you usually start with T-ball. And then the same is for hunting. Right. Yeah. And I, I think that too, uh, to your point where you said, well, I don't know that, that my son is ready. 
uh, even at eight, I think that comes down to uh, how we started this whole conversation. And that is putting your kid's desire and knowing their desire ahead of your desire and then just down to it knowing your kid right i mean you because i because i watched that video you sent me that video i watched that little boy shoot that uh shoot that ram and and it was awesome uh but at the same point like you say if you're not able to look at that and go yeah my my kid just couldn't he's not ready to set up on an animal that quickly or he's not ready to hike those miles or whatever because you know i remember um one, two very distinct hunts that I took my son on. One of them, he was two years old, and he rode around the backpack for a little while, and then in about, I don't even know, nine to 13 inches of snow as a two-year-old, he walked a mile or mile and a half, a long ways. And mm-hmm. he was getting mad at me because I was trying to hold his hand. He kept tripping over all the deadfall because he didn't, you know, at that age, they don't know that those bumps mean something that they need to step over. You know, they don't know right. that. And he kept, I can do it myself, Dad, you know, and getting all mad at me. And I ended up literally shooting an elk with him sitting on my shoulders. Right. And now, fast forward. <clears throat> Now he's four years old. We went on a three-day hunt, and in four days, we camped out two nights, and he probably walked 12 to 13 miles. Mm-hmm. Now, do I tell that story because I'm like, oh, my, my kid's a, a badass, blah, blah, blah. No, I don't. I tell that story because from a very young age, my kid was on the go. He was trying to keep up with me, and he always wanted to go more. Um, I tell that story because to make him interested, I would say, okay, buddy, here's your little tiny backpack. What do you want to take? And, and he usually filled it with several toys, right? And that made him interested in going. I tell that story because, um, as soon as he showed any scent uh, or any hint of being tired or whatever else, I either put him in my backpack or we stopped, we stopped and ate snacks. And, and I tell that story because I let him pick certain foods even, to make him interested in wanting to go. So I did a lot of stuff different. It wasn't about going ultra light and then, oh yeah, my kid did this. It was, how much shit can I cram in this backpack so that he has a good time too? (laughs) You know, and, and all of that plays into, to this day, he loves going hiking and camping and hunting and all that stuff. And it's because I made it fun back then. If I had made it miserable back then, and try to put him in situations that he wasn't ready for or couldn't handle or pushed him until he was overexhausted, he he probably would want to do it now. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, even to the, you know, kind of even something I see is a lot of guys, uh, uh, you know, there's a big thing, you know, we got to turn off the screens, right? The iPads, the phones, the TV, and all of that type of stuff. You know, for me personally, when I was taking my boy, uh, when he was real young like that, and we'd go roll around, you know, I would find that, you know, he'd want 10 minutes of staring out the window and looking at stuff with that. And he might want 20 minutes on the iPad. Right. I got to stay out and keep going with him and looking for that moment to be successful for hours because he had his toys, he had his iPad. And now he's eight years old and Uh, I find about half the time he leaves at home now on his own. I don't tell him to grab it or not grab it, and I could care less whether he does or not because I want to go, and I want him there, 
And if we go, you know, the other night we we went out uh, scouting for antelope. I've got a, a guy uh, that I'm going to jump in with here in a few days on uh, archery antelope here in New Mexico. And uh, I we slipped out, and I was like, hey, I want to go check a new area, see if we can see what's going on over there. And, uh, I mean, it was a long night. It was like a freaking, it was a horrible night. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> I was like six hours. Uh, and it was a new area. I didn't expect to see much, but in like six hours, I saw I had one, you know, pretty solid buck, like about run me over in the truck, uh, about five hours into it. And prior to that, I'd seen two does and two fawns. And I, you know, it is what it is. He's eight. He's not going to stare out the window like I do. He, he, he. Lo- you know, first type of, couple of times we stopped to glass. He jumps out, throws his his binoculars up on his tripod that I have for him. He sits there and pounds it with me. But by the fourth time, and we hadn't seen anything, he, he's kicking rocks over or he's throwing them in the dirt tank or whatever. You know what I mean? Like yep. skipping rock like he just – and I don't care because when we looked up and come around that corner five hours into it, and there's probably a real close to 80-inch buck that like about came through the, the side window – it was that moment was what I, I mean, hopefully we had more luck than that, but that particular <laughs> night, that moment was what I was excited about because when he went home and his mom said, did you have fun? He was like, yes, very right. much. And I told her all about this one 30 second blip that happened in six hours of me and him being out there. Right. Right. And, and I think, uh, anyway, we could, we kind of went down a rabbit hole on that, but it's, it's there, there's all, kids come in different shapes and sizes development uh differently you know parker uh my boy he you know at six it was when i started telling i told him i'll never go hunting in in our home state without you if it's my tag right if i'm guiding then so be it sometimes i gotta leave him home sometimes it's with guys that know me know him and he still gets to come but but uh if it's my tag he always comes with me and two years of doing that now. And we did it. We're past hunter safety and we're going to get him started next year. Cause he's had a lot of exposure. Now he's hunted, you know, hundred, 150 days with me now. And he's, and he's ready for that next level at six, whether it's because I didn't have time or other factors, he, he, he still wasn't ready. Right. And, and, and I think that it's okay for him to not be ready. And if your kid isn't ready till like 10 or 12, for 14 and so be it that's what being a parent is and 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 easing them into different different things and whatnot so even like coming back full circle to like what else is out there right um that once we kind of get past these eight and ten year old opportunities they're kind of like the or eight eight or ten that no age limit or like ten year old as like a finish line then really at 12 still as a general rule is when a lot of stuff kicks off for uh for most states that's kind of the minimum right colorado wyoming utah um nevada all of these different places and and once you go down that rabbit hole uh with them there are places that you can go sooner than later right especially say uh colorado and wyoming really lend themselves there's lots of opportunities with very little points one point two points maybe zero points that you can get your kid on a hunt if they've been 
if they're just getting started, then then you may choose other different paths of going with them. But if maybe these are either for later dates and you're just getting them a good foundation of points, or maybe we're still using some of them as a means to go hunting sooner than later. But there isn't really a right or wrong answer to that. The only thing that I would say and call out very specifically um, is Colorado. Uh, if you've got a 12-year-old, if there's any interest or possibly any interest uh, currently or hoping that there's going to be interest later, Colorado is probably the number one state a kid that's 12 years old and older should be investing in. And, and there's a couple of different factors to that. First of all, again, huge break on the hunting license. Instead of $92 for us, it's like a dollar seventy-five for the kids, right? <laughs> I don't know if um, I can swing that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then for deer, elk, and antelope, it's only nine dollars, right? So for like under thirty bucks, you're getting them for building points for those those three species. Uh, the the other thing is, is once we move into like uh, some a lot of these other states, if we aren't consistent in applying, typically if we don't apply for two years in a row then these states will purge those points, right? So you've got to mean, you may not, you're able to miss a year, but you can't miss two years or you're going to lose whatever, whatever you have going on there. Colorado, on the other hand, gives you 10 years. So if you get them started at 12 and we go all the way till we're 18 in their hunt plan, then all of a sudden this, this is about to be a little bit more expensive, right? Because so for us, if we're doing a hunt plan with a guy, uh, Any time we have an adult in the program, it doesn't have to be a mirror image. It, it, there's a few different factors, but as a general rule, if we've got an adult in the program, then we don't charge anything for for youth applications. You know that Zach, we call it our kids apply free program. So we're not trying to make any any money uh, off of the youth hunters. We just want to help them get set up uh, right. so that they 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 can be successful. Um, and if we've got six, seven years worth of points in Colorado, they would have clear till they were 28 years old. And all they would really have to do is do it one more time, right? Do it once in 10 years and they reset the clock. And and now they, you know, so if life is happening, you decide you don't want to invest in it uh, any longer because it's getting more expensive uh, for, for you to take care of their own things. So be it with, you know, I think right now, if you put in for all, six species in Colorado and the hunting license. I think we're at $55.25 and you're building points. And so the sheep, the moose, the goat may or may not fall in line with what your goals are for them or not, but it's so cheap. Again, for me and you to build points for sheep, moose, and goat in Colorado, it ends up being $109 a year per species, right? So it's about a $450 bill a year and it doesn't fit the, you know, the criteria for most guys. I, I find that if we're just getting started started a little bit later in life, Colorado may not be a great fit for sheep, moose, and goat, but for a kid, it's nine bucks. So we're going to get in, we're going to get six or seven points, and as long as we have over three points, by the time they're turned 18, not only do they have a good foundation on all six species, but uh, they actually, with some changes in Colorado, uh, may not have to buy their points at $109. They may be able to get their name in that hat now for only $9 forever, eternally, because we got started when they're 
a kid. So because they don't purge and because it's so cheap, like that should be once they're 12, kind of the, the core of their hunt plan. This is where we find uh, sooner than later hunting opportunities if we want them. And it's also where we can build a really strong foundation of points for later in their life without risk of losing them when they turn 18 or go to college or whatever the case may be. Um, they have clear until they're, you know, really an adult uh, to pick up where you left off. Um, Wyoming, Nevada, Utah, all these different places, um, again, 12 years old, get started. All of them have some sort of price break for the kids to get, to get rolling. And it just really comes down to how aggressive we want to be at them going hunting now, as well as addressing the progression and understanding where they're going to want to be uh, in the future. Um, unfortunately, the path that we're on right now, Zach, some of these elite tags could take 40 or 50 years to draw. That's totally disgusting uh, that, that that's how things have gone, but it is reality. And if they're going to do it once, then it's our job to get them started on that path sooner than, you know, as soon as possible. Cause I can't tell you how many guys a week I'm on the phone with that. Uh, unfortunately, the ship has kind of failed, you know, right. They're 55 years old. They want to go on and do something really spectacular. Um, and, and spectacular. You can only do it one of two ways. In my opinion, you either uh, pull out your checkbook and stroke a check. That's going to make you want to throw up or you draw, you know, you draw one. And unfortunately the best tends to take some time. So we, we either stroke one giant check or we stroke a bunch of little ones along the way. And we still get to the same finish line. It's almost like, and you know, if you're starting a retirement plan when you're 22 years old versus when you're 50, you get to the same line. You, it's possible for both people still, but it, but what you're going to need to do month by month, year by year, is very different for those two people. Yeah, 100% agreed. And that's just, uh, you know, you just, that's, that you have to start somewhere, obviously. Um, and it's just, it's nice to start that somewhere if you have kind of a goal in mind. And, yep. You know, what, what, honestly, if you really think about it, right? So, what a great opportunity to take your kid and focus on maybe one hunt a year. I mean, they're in school, chances are they're probably in sports, a set, whatever. But you could be building something so that here comes, they graduate, maybe they're going to college, maybe they're not. But they have eight points in certain states and. Now it's like, hey, you don't have wife, you don't have kids. Let's let's go have fun on these, you know? And Absolutely. and at that point in time, it doesn't necessarily have to be the hunt of a lifetime going for a 400-inch bull, but it could be a hunt where you just have good odds of seeing lots of elk and a good harvest success rate at a decent bull. And mm-hmm. let's be honest, decent bull if you're if you're truly looking for giant elk, um, they might consider a decent bull to be 350 inches, right? Somebody somebody that's elk hunted a lot and and their standards are very high, decent might be 350. But 
to the 99% of people, a 350-inch bull would make them <laughs> shake it in their boots, and they would have the hunt of a lifetime. They really would. Yeah. And yeah. and it's just cool knowing that, um, you know, with someone like yourself and your guys' company, you can start getting things in place for relatively little to nothing um, so that so that you can set your kid up to have all like a full gamut of hunts to look forward to and, and as opposed to like you say missing the ship and that's awesome well so something else I thought of too that it's worth uh, mentioning especially in the in in the topic we're on is that a lot of states too Zach um, I don't know how much we've talked about this um, but it, it, there is lots of mentoring programs, right? And, and mentor as a, you know, as a word means different from state to state, but a number of these states now are creating opportunities that you're able to, you can do a couple of different things. You can literally give the tag that you draw to your, to your son or grandson. Um, as long as it's a next of kin type of relationship, you can gift that tag to them. So you could use your point to create an opportunity for them and or depending on the state, like Wyoming's a good example of this. If you, you know, maybe your kid is two years old, five years old, you know, whatever, uh, you know, you're a few years away from when they're going to get started or, or, uh, or turn 12 years old or, or whatever the case may be. But you, you start building your own points. I think, for me personally, I talk about progression all the time, like an odd one, to be honest with you, that I guess I never even thought about uh, over the years was this whole idea of that some of the investment that I've been making, uh, you know, is now I've changed what I'm dreaming of. Like, you know, for example, a lot of my Wyoming points, I'm kind of hoarding those a little bit right now because when he turns 12, I have all sorts of things that I would like to go do in Wyoming with him. And I have enough points to go on some pretty nice hunts right now and probably could even do some like top shelf hunts by the time he turns 12. But to be honest, I don't care. I want, I'm way more interested in sharing my points where they average them with him to create an opportunity. I've got enough points right now draw a pretty nice elk tag in Utah. It's not, I wouldn't say it's the best tag in the state, but it's right where I grew up hunting. Uh, my folks have a cabin up there and, and it's like super nostalgic. I was there this summer with my boy and we went fishing and we went and hung out and, you know, it, it, things have been better on that mountain. But right now today, uh, if it's opening morning, first light, and you were to see like a 320 class bull on that hunt, that's probably a bull you should get real serious with. Meanwhile, and I have like 15 points for that right now. And the only thing I can think of is, is when he turns 12, I'm burning those points and I'm going to give him that tag. And one of our first big bull hunts is going to be where I got, where I grew up. And I can't think of a, a better use personally for my points. And I didn't start down that path uh, of getting those points for that. I mean, Hell, that was a way, you know, seven, eight years before he was even born. But now here I sit and I have all these points and I'm like, you know, that sounds way more exciting to me than walking up to another 350, 380 class. Well, I could like, to be honest, I could care less, especially right. comparing it to the idea that he, me and him get to go 
back to where I grew up and, and go do a, I mean, if he shoots a five by five opening morning, I'm pumped. Like I literally could care less. Like that's what I, I, I will be so excited that we got to do that together. And so if you're sitting here listening to the podcast and, and part of why you're, you've tuned in is because you're, you've got some younger, younger kids or, you know, four or five, six, whatever. And, and how does this relate? Like it's worth knowing that you can do that, right? That right. even right now today with your own point, you can start doing different odds and ends of things that could culminate into opportunities for your kids. And so, um, like I said, never was part of my plan when I got started, but here I sat and I'm dissecting a lot of my different points and trying to figure out how it is that I can, I can get them over to him and if there's anything else I can get started, because I've got a little girl who might be the most bloodthirsty of all three of my <laughs> kids, <laughs> and how I can get her involved and get her her going. And then I got a two-year-old, and who knows, right? Maybe he won't want to hunt, and maybe he'll be uh, the most intense of all of them. But he's only two, he'll be two in a month, and I'm already starting to like try and dissect all of these this investment that I've made and how to get the most. Uh, value and, and the most enjoyment out of that investment and uh, for me I, I'm, I'm I'm lucky I hunt a lot right I go all the time and so to, I don't need the gun in my hand and every chance I can get to get the gun in theirs uh, I can't hardly wait for it absolutely Absolutely. Well, I, I think, you know, I think we covered quite a, well, you, because um, obviously that's why I wanted you to discuss it because you know, <laughs> well, you do. I mean, you know a lot more about which states offer what than I do. Um, and uh, so I, I think, I think you covered a lot of great information. I mean, you talked about certain states that offer it. Um, you talked about uh, kind of building a program for them. And then on top of all that, we discussed how to continually keep it fun and interesting and, and how that's basically more important than any of it. Because um, sure. obviously you can do all that legwork and if you don't keep it fun and interesting, you're going to spend all that money on the points and they're going to be like, to hell with hunting, I don't want to go. And right. that's the last thing that you want. Um uh, one, the one last thing that I will uh, kind of throw in there for people listening out maybe in the east, um, like, you know, Pennsylvania or Georgia or whatever like that, um, Georgia, the way I understand it, um, and I could have, I, I maybe, maybe when I looked at it, I read it incorrectly, but I'm pretty sure basically your kid, you buy them a, a $20 tag or whatever it is, and as long as they're with you hunting, they're good to go. Hunter safety or not, they can they can hunt with you. They can shoot a deer, hog, whatever. Uh, and Pennsylvania has a very similar thing. I'm not sure exactly what that is, but if you're that direction or maybe you have family in one of those states and you're, and you got, you're going there for Thanksgiving or whatever else, you might be surprised at the opportunities that states out that direction hold as well, not just the Western states like, you know, Utah, Wyoming and all that oh, stuff. That's a great so. call out. Yeah, that's a great call out. I'm, I'm not nearly as versed uh, in a lot of the Eastern states and what they're doing with the youth, but I do know um, a lot of them have pretty aggressive uh, things in place right. to uh, allow the hunters to go 
uh, sooner than later and, and get involved. And, and uh, like say, you could be living in a state that, uh, I mean, it's as simple as just grab them and head out to the field if you've got your own license and whatnot. Yep. Well, Jordan, I, I appreciate it a ton, uh, you know, and I, I can't wait to have you back on and cover either more specific strategies or dive into some of the hunting tips and tactics that you have, especially with your background of being a guide. Um, I just, I, I, I always, and as you know, I just enjoy chatting with you. So I'm really looking forward to the next one. Uh, I really appreciate you having me on Zach and, uh, always appreciate what you guys are doing for us over there. I, uh, I'm, uh, I'm very fortunate that we bumped into each other out in the middle of the deserts of New Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Eating steaks and green chili. Yeah. Yeah. Rough, rough steaks and green chili, but they were there and getting <laughs> rained on like, uh, like we were in the middle of a freaking hurricane and thousands of hummingbirds. <laughs> Yeah, isn't that weird? That was crazy. That was crazy. That was yeah, crazy. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, what a freaking, what a fun time. Yep. But, Many well, more. Well, yes, I hope so. For sure. All right, buddy. I appreciate it. Thanks, man.